little earlier in our series celebrating the 50th anniversary of the creation of the Buffalo National River, a national park located in the Arkansas Ozarks, we talked about the native wildlife along the park corridor. Now it's time to talk about another kind of creature, the human ones, who have lived here and who are still here. We'll begin with what we have about the earliest known habitation. Suica Rivette is a Buffalo National River archaeologist. Yet we've had a use of the Buffalo National River area for probably ten to 12,000 years. We do have good archaeological evidence going back to at least 10,000 years. Given that artifacts of all kinds were easy to find in bluff shelters and cave openings throughout the Ozarks, folks once talked about cave dwellers here. But this area never had the kind of civilizations that might call to mind, such as the Anasazi of the southwest U.S. It's difficult to put a name to those who lived in this region before European contact, but archaeological evidence tells us that their use of Ozark caves and bluff shelters came regularly, but periodically, while people were moving through hunting and gathering. Most of the use of this area of the park was hunting parties from the Osage or people who came before the Osage. Here in the Ozarks, we're looking mainly at stuff that's seasonal usage of sites, uh, nothing uh, structured, nothing long-term, but we did have a lot of use of the bluff shelters, but it wouldn't have been uh, a year-round usage. The Caddo were known to have lived in Arkansas far back into prehistoric times, and some of them ranged into the Ozarks. But by the time Europeans pushed into the region in any significant numbers, the Osage were dominant. We have historic knowledge of the Osage being in the area, but they would have hunting parties that would come into the area and would utilize the bluff shelters in the park. Once the United States acquired the region from the French, a steady westward push of settlement sent eastern Native Americans looking toward this territory. Some Cherokee reached northeast Arkansas in the late 1700s, and they probed deeper into the Ozarks. In 1817, the U.S. began encouraging more Cherokee, many Shawnee, and others such as Delaware, Kickapoo, and Wea into the region. One intended result was to move the more troublesome Osage toward the west. By the time of the so-called Trail of Tears era, all of these groups and others had left traces of themselves across these hills. Swiga Rivet. One of the most telling finds within some of our bluff shelters will find what are called periwinkle, periwinkle shells, uh, winkle shells. And if you find those, you know that you, you know, somebody has had to move those from the river or from a stream up into the bluff shelter. So you can find those, and there, there's a lot of bluff shelters with those in them. They would cook them and utilize them. They could cook them and eat them and also cook them for uh, to make dyes with. We'll have lots of caches. Uh, there's one site here, uh, the um, Cobb Cave, where people even today, you can go into the Cobb Cave and every once in a while people will pick up um, corn cobs, which were in a cache there. They were cached there quite a bit. Uh, so, you know, they create a little hole in the ground and hold those in there. As uh, one, one archaeologist put it, the, the whole of the, of the buffalo uh, is a, a lithic scatter. Basically, when, when they go to make their stone tools, whether it be a spearhead or an um, axe head or something like that, they, in whittling down that 
original stone, they leave these little chips of stones everywhere. There's no segment of the, of the park where we don't find at least that. A fairly recent cultural affiliation study identified eight Native American entities with whom the park established formal agreements to keep them informed and to consult with them about operations in the park that might affect their interest. But the Buffalo National River's archaeology stories don't end with the era of Native Americans. As they were moved to the West, families that would foster what would come to be called the Ozark traditional culture filtered in, many of them bringing Appalachian folkways with them. Suica. My title is archaeologist, but I do deal with any cultural resource in the park is my domain, and I'm, I'm supposed to protect it as best as possible. Uh, one of our largest, mostly cultural areas is Boxley, Boxley Valley, and it's, it's really unique because it's on the National Register of Historic Places, all of the Boxley Valley. Contrary to what most of us might think, being on the National Register doesn't necessarily freeze a site into a designated moment in time. But when we formulated our plan in the 80s for how we wanted the Boxley Valley to um, live and continue, uh, we allowed for, for newer uses of it, basically. So it was, it was always this uh, agricultural valley where small families, you know, multi-generational families would live, would farm, would, would keep animals. And instead of trying to lock it in to keep it identical to the way that it, that it was um, in the 70s when it made it onto the National Register, this, the effort is to try and keep it um, developing. We can have new technologies down there, but trying to allow for modernization while still keeping it a scenic agricultural area. The Boxley Valley was the first site within the National Park Service to be designated as a cultural landscape. A cultural landscape would account for where buildings are, but also how um, how those buildings fall within the landscape, um, where you know the water sources are, just where transportation goes through, like where the highway goes through Boxley Valley. It really takes the entire snapshot of the valley. So instead of focusing on a single building being an important component or being important for the National Register, this looks, takes the whole valley and takes the whole feeling and appearance and quality of the valley and and talks about all of it being important and putting all of it onto the National Register. Other settler-era sites include the Collier Homestead. Collier Homestead is one of the, the last um, Homestead Act sites that was designated in all of Arkansas. And, and that's in our middle district, just um, as you go into Tyler Bend. The Parker-Hickman site is another that has recently been designated as a cultural landscape and the list does not end there. All in all, Suica Rivette's job, like most of the others who work or volunteer at the Buffalo National River, is to protect the river and welcome visitors now and for years to come. The Buffalo, Buffalo Flowing through the shoals and bluffs of heaven, heaven knows She's ours to keep or just let go 
Till our children's children want to go down the buffalo. Down the buffalo.